Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious. We are again live at Influencers Weekend 2020, um, and we are a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought, not division in community. I am Matt Fisher, the care pastor at Hill City. We are recording live from the Life Church, our, our sister church here in town, um, and I am here with my co-host, as always, John Wagler. John, it's a packed day of packed day. Influencers Weekend interviews. So very quickly, how are you doing? Still good. Still good. <laughs> it's really, we're still good. Still, still good. Still doing okay. Hopefully the only time we will ever have a digital conference during Hopefully. the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, did, I didn't realize this up, up where we're having lunch. I didn't know they ordered Pearl's cupcakes. Oh, so, so. you're going to weigh at least five more pounds. By the yeah. Day. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to work listen, it off. Latasha, I don't know if you like cupcakes or not. Uh-huh. Latasha's our guest. Yeah, we'll introduce her <laughs> in a second. But they are the best in Richmond. What? Possibly and the so best in the world. I'm a total dessert snob. And so, and I can admit that. There are two things I'm a snob about. Italian food and dessert. Oh, and, um, okay. And so maybe sometimes theology. Okay. But like they're... Um, <laughs> But man, the, the cupcakes are the best. Oh, really? So, gets me excited. So we're not going to bury the lead any longer. We're <laughs> here <laughs> with our very special guest, author of Being the Bridge, Latasha Morrison. Latasha, how are you? I am great. I am great. You know, I, I, I love, you know, Being the Bridge, but, you know, the book is Be the, Be bridge. the bridge. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. No. no, you know what? But. We get that all the time. And yeah. so that's why we, you know, we are being the bridge while we be the bridge. That's right. <laughs> and we are be a bridge builder. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. all confusing. So, yeah. 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 So, so good to be here. Now that I screwed up the name of your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit more about, okay. let's assume, which actually the reality is everyone, most everyone listening to this probably knows your work very well, okay. but let's assume they don't. Tell us a little bit about um, just kind of like who you are, what you do, what the book's about, um, and kind of how you got to this point. Yeah, my name is Latasha Morrison, and um, I'm the founder and president of an organization called Be The Bridge, and um, we wanted to have a cornerstone, um, kind of like information to, re- you know, my heart is to really help Christians who want to do this work of racial justice and racial reconciliation to give them tools and resources to equip them with the information to do it and to really kind of bridge that gap of, you know, so many times I have this conversation and people are like, I never knew that, mm-hmm. you know, I, God, I wish I would have known that, you know, 10 years ago or, um, you know, if I had only known or. Um, I've never heard that before. You know, I hear that all the time. And so we wanted to create this space, you know, this brave space um, where, you know, nobody's really safe. Um, Everybody's uncomfortable, but we're all brave and courageous to step into this space of the unknown and try to um, get in proximity and with one another and learn and grow. And so um, that's kind of like how Be the Bridge was brought about. It's about this bridge of, um, of, you know, taking voices that are unheard um you know and and 
bringing people together to hear those voices that are unheard. So it's a little different because in this bridge, we want to center those voices that have been unheard, that have been marginalized. And so um, that in this country is people of color. It's the same way if we were building a bridge with um, between men and women, you know, who's going <laughs> to, whose voices are we going to lift sure. up on this bridge? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the voice of the woman. And so um, that's what we, we do. And, you know, it didn't, I didn't start out to do this. It's just that my love, um, I was working in full-time ministry and I had worked in a predominantly African-American church context and um, moved into a predominantly, um, you know, what, what I call my brothers of European descent, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a predominantly white church. Mm-hmm. And um, just saw the gap is, you know, in the sense of like in the African-American church, we were very inclusive. It was mm-hmm. like we wanted to go to conferences that were different. We wanted th- just the fullness of of who God is, the, all of the diversity, you know. Um, but I saw that it was a different perspective you know in inside of the um white um 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 church and you know it wasn't that the church wasn't friendly or wanting to reach the community but you make these generalizations i want to reach my community but everything you do is not to reach the full community mm-hmm. it's like to reach a certain group of the community and um just started having conversations earlier on then that took me um to austin texas and before austin texas um that year trayvon martin um, was murdered and to me that was a wake-up call i had always had these race conversations um with other African Americans or black people, but I never had the conversation with, um, white people in that sense. It's just, you kept it separate because you didn't want to have to defend your humanity or just get upset. You, you just knew like, you don't talk about these things mm-hmm. with yeah. white people. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, if I'm going to really be in community and we, we say that we're connected and we love one another, then I need you to be concerned about the things that I'm concerned about. And right now I was, you know, the world, we were, it was like so much happening around Trayvon's Martin death and um, all of my friends, we were having these conversations and it was just kind of like for us who are, we were Gen X. I'm a Gen X. I'm not a millennial, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, with a lot of people don't know that. Like yeah. they look at me and they were like, I didn't know you were that old. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, having this conversation, like a lot of our parents slept, they were so tired after the sixties and, mm-hmm. and the fifties, like, it was just kind of like, they went into this hole and it was like, we don't talk about this. They were so traumatized. It's like generational trauma. And so for the first time we're waking up, like what in the world is going on? Like we, people think like this, you know, mm-hmm. we knew it, but I think that was the reality in the mm-hmm. sense. And I'm like, if I'm going to be genuine and authentic in this relationship and we really want to um, build community, um, then we need to be able to have this conversation in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And that was the journey, um, of starting be the bridge. It was just, it started with me personally saying that, Hey, if I'm going to show up, I need to be able to show up with, all the pain, all the hurt, everything that's, that's a part of who I am. And, and let's try to have some conversations and then seeing where people hadn't been, um, never worked with a person of color or never had a teacher, never had a boss, never had a, um, a college professor, you know, um, never lived in a neighborhood, you know, all these things. And I'm like, okay, that's why you think like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you've never been in, in proximity and proximity is not the answer, mm-hmm. but it's the, a beginning step because there's people that were in proximity who um, still 
have not tried to engage and get to know and to really listen, not just with your head, Mm -hmm. but with your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important in these conversations is, um, you know, to show empathy, not sympathy, um, to show empathy and not apathy. You know, we've as Christians, it's sad to say we've become very apathetic, you know, in this conversation. So that's a little bit about me. I started Be the Bridge and. The conversation started in, you know, 2012 um, with people. It wasn't called Be the Bridge, but um, Be the Bridge started developing around 2014 when I moved to Austin. And officially we kicked off and um, became an organization in 2016. So we have a discussion guide that started with just a discussion guide. And now um, it is a book and the book is kind of like the cornerstone of um, who we are, what we do, and kind of like our model and value of um, of what we're doing, and a bestseller. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say you it. Know, I'll say it for yeah, you. Yeah, it's a bestseller. It was, like, it's, it's a awesome. bestseller. It's a bestseller. It um it it came out October fifteenth, and I think by um, November or December, um it hit like a Christian bestseller list. You know, and I was just like amazed hmm. at that when they called me and congratulated me. I'm like. Wow, that's pretty good. You know, I just wanted to create my goal was really and I mean, hear my heart like my ambitious ambitions in this was to create a tool and a resource for the church. Yeah, that was my that was it. And so to have this, I'm like, Lord, like this is good. Like this is some words after I depart, mm-hmm. you know, and to see um everyone's response to it and just anything else is just gravy, you know, and then to hit that Christian bestseller seller list. And then with everything happening, um, you know, between March, the pandemic where mm-hmm. people had time to, to sit down and sure. read and reflect and engage and, um, you know, and, you know, starting be the bridge groups, not just in America, but like this taking off in New Zealand and, you know, different places, um, having that tool and resource. It was just, that was enough. And then um, to have um, Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd and just Breonna Taylor, like all these things that hit national news again, um, to have that happen and people have this tool and resource to go toward yeah. um, be the bridge. And then for this thing to hit the, you know, the um, New York Times and I think USA Today, um, that was amazing. And and my team would tell you, like, I don't keep up with numbers. Like, I never, from the beginning, I said, I don't want to know numbers. Uh, I'm not checking numbers. I don't check my author portal. Um, And so I didn't really know numbers until that happened. And I was like, this is good, you know, look but still, yeah, look, look at God, God. <laughs> but it's just, you know, and you know, I didn't even intend to write another book after this, yeah, you know, yeah. um, but I have a lot more to say, so uh, cool. I'm ready. Well, you know, you mentioned something. So through all this pandemic and through this time that we're in, there is a reality as much negativity that is around mm-hmm. uh, the, what has been exposed in us, though some of it's terrible, it's also good. Like when you mentioned, you know, fifties and sixties kind of just being like, we're just going to, I don't want to say bury our heads, but like, you know, we're going to sleep on this a little bit. And all of a sudden we're like, what, no, how do we get to this place? You know, I do think when we talk about as Christians that the church is supposed to be the presence of God in a community, but you can't be the presence without proximity. Right. Right. Like you can't do that. And then to have compassion, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the word for compassion in scripture, um, and Greek is actually splagna, which is like mm. this idea of mm. it, it. 
it's um from your gut mm. and so when when real compassion is you feel it in your gut mm. and and so to to not i think what we've seen is we there isn't a lot of gut level compassion no, towards no. each other and so that's been exposed but i would say the flip side that's a good thing because then it reveals what's really out there. Yeah, yeah. So amidst all the negativity and all the stuff that you mm-hmm. see, what are things that are bringing you hope? Cause I know your, your book's wonderful mm-hmm. by the way. And I loved it. Um, we're going to, we'll have a be the bridge group um, eventually as okay. part of our curriculum. And, and um, we're going through the and campaign as a staff okay, right now, good. their book. And, and so it's, it's awesome. So many tools, so, right? So many, which is great. And yeah. that just shows you that God is moving. And Mm. God is working and God is in this. And I think what grieves me is the people who will miss it like before, you know, that will miss, you know, this now civil rights movement or um, the, you know, the abolitionist movement and the anti-slavery. And so many Christians stood silent and on the sidelines or made up excuses to vilify and dehumanize the people that were doing um God's work and I think that's the part you know this like you know this sad you mm-hmm. know it grieves me because I care deeply about the local church because who signs up for this like right. <laughs> really like who who signs up for this like you know who leaves their job to start a nonprofit where you're not getting paid you don't have health insurance none of these things and you don't know how these things are going to happen. You need help, like all of this. And then, you know, to not really see the response of the church at first, um, but see, you know, a social media company that, you know, that was able to help, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or, or friends that were able to come around. But it just shows you like God will use anything and anyone, some yeah. of the least things you least suspect you know, to, for work to be done, for kingdom work to be done. And so, yeah, so that, that's encouraging. Yeah. That's encouraging. That's hopeful. Yeah. So, excuse me. Um, you brought up Trayvon Martin as sort of a starting point Uh for you in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, uh, so I grew up very close to where that happened. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, on the day that Michael Brown's autopsy was released um i was actually on business this before i worked for the church i was on business in st louis and i canceled all my appointments and i just went to the mcdonald's Mm -hmm. in ferguson Mm because i was like i gotta i gotta Mm. do something i gotta Mm -hmm. see why now like i was at a i was at a a a action or protest or whatever in Mm -hmm. richmond and i just remember having this thought like why God? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why are we still here? And I've only yeah. been here for, you know, whatever, when, five years. And I'm like, right. you know, and it's like, what is it about 2020 from your standpoint? And I know you don't have it. You know, there's no real answer. But like mm-hmm. from your perspective, what what is it about right now? Yeah. Why is now the thing? I know everyone's calling 2020 a dumpster fire and I feel like it is in some ways, but, and then we, you know, the other thing is we want to refund on 2020 or can (laughs) we skip, you know? Um, but I feel like when you see stuff like this happen, I'm really like leaning in to God on this and, and, and really saying, okay, God, like you are revealing, you're unveiling, like these, you're waking up. And so that's when you know, like, 
God is at work. And sometimes the things that we're praying for, we don't understand that like the bottom has to fall out before you get the attention of people. You have to wake people up. And I think that's kind of like what I'm sensing, but it's painful. Yeah. It's painful. It's, it's scary. It's fearful. Um, it's in, because you don't know when it's going to stop or, or, you know, and I hate that some of the attention has come off the, the, the backs of black bodies, you know, um, you know, people who are noticing the work that we've been doing already for the last five years, people are just now like, Oh, there's an organization that did does this. Mm-hmm. But right when I knew when, you know, seeing these signs, black lives matter in people's, um, you know, yard and hearing people say this and seeing companies make these statements on how they're going to bring about equity and, you know, and equality and, and render justice. It was scary in a sense because I know I'm like, mm, that's not going to something else yeah. is going to happen. Like, this is like, this is good, but it's kind of scary scary like a little bit too and um just having that expectation that there's going to be pushback and i know that because the church is kind of like the the barometer of culture in a sense um that hoping that it wouldn't come from the church and then seeing that as history allows itself where we can see even from um the anti-slavery movement the civil rights movement that the pushback always first comes from the church mm-hmm. and to see that where denominations split, you know, before um, the civil rights movement, you know, yeah. um, we see that with, you know, the segregationists, most of them were Christian, you know, so it's sad to see it happening again. And, you know, the same labels that were thrown out during reconstruction being thrown out. Now it's like, we don't learn anything, but we don't learn because we don't, we don't have context and we don't um, educate ourselves on history to see like, Oh, like this is the same playbook. Yep. Mm. That's what I love. Yeah. That's what I loved about your book. Um, I, so whenever anyone asks me what Mm. book should I start with, I always actually say your book. Mm. Um, That's good. Thank you. Matt and I, we, the first book I read was the cross and lynching. Oh yeah. Like several years ago that got me really going. Matt and I read Cone and Baldwin and, like, but we don't ever tell people to start there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. So we, you know, and that's not to like puff us up in any way. It's yeah. just your book. What I love about it is it's gospel centered. Yeah. Because without Christ in the midst of our answers, we get chaos. And Gosh. then um, I like how you keep bringing it back, though, yeah. to like you, you, you bring an element to the past mm-hmm. that you're like, hey, remember this. Mm-hmm. And then because you're what you're doing is you're laying out the playbook. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, when you, but part of like our history it has also been <laughs> the church plays a role in the bad part, but then can get to the good part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are, yeah. in your travels, are you seeing more and more yeah. of that? The abolitionists, many of them were people of faith. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you have this remnant. They're always the, the, the smaller group, you know, but with big voices that have to endure some um, hardships, but look at the disciples <laughs> like look at Jesus <laughs> like the Jesus the major critics of Jesus day was the religious leaders the Pharisees and the Sadducees you know in the midst of the Roman Empire you know and so if we have eyes to see we could see this and, and you know and 
I think when you look at um, Reconstruction and, you know, and um, the abolition, there were there were churches, you know, like that uh, that sometimes split. And then they were on the right side and then maybe during another situation, they were on the mm-hmm. wrong side, like the Wesleyan church, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But we can point to Christians being that remnant still, mm-hmm. but then majority also being that, um, the voice of the oppressor in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so we see that in the civil rights movement. We don't, you know, we need to remember that the civil rights movement, that nonviolent movement, um, was started by pastors. Mm-hmm. Those were pastors. MLK was a pastor. Yeah. You know, um, um, Joseph Lowry. Um, you know, um, you know John Lewis. You know, Christian ordained minister. Um, you know, um, Lawson. You know, who's still alive and with us is a pastor that was the you know created the infrastructure and the architect behind the nonviolence movement. Um, it was churches that you know that this was developed at the African-American church, the expression where people who have should have turned their back and how the Bible was used to abuse and to accuse and to oppress, but they were able to find Jesus in the midst of, um, the, um, I would say the, the fake Christianity sure. in a sense, yeah. you know, um, you know, Harriet Tubman, a woman of faith, mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass, a man of God, Sojourner Truth, you know, a woman of faith. These were God's people. They were the Moses. I mean, even the um, the people that were pro- pro-slavery nicknamed Harriet Tubman Moses. Mm-hmm. But you you understand if you read the Bible what who Moses is and the patriarch he is yeah. and and the man of faith that he is in the Bible, but and you nickname, but you're trying to pursue her to kill her. So when we think about this, we've been here before, but do we have ears to hear and eyes to see? And yeah. is our heart really turned towards Jesus or is our heart turned towards something else that we've made an yeah. idol? Yeah. So <clears throat> you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, you don't pay attention to the numbers, which is probably uh-huh. good, good ego check, right? Not uh-huh. to look at the numbers. Um, but when you think about your book, I know, for me and, and John kind of brought up like it being a, a primary recommendation uh-huh. for um, folks that want to get in on this conversation. But for me, I kind of see, and I think other people would agree that um, at this time for some level of white Christian, mm-hmm. your book is put in a sort of like starter pack of books yeah. of like, um, you know, uh, Ibram Kendi and and James Cone, uh-huh. White Awake, and yeah. Those yeah, 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 and and, and uh, Coates, and you know these yeah. other really prolific yeah. um, writers on race, um, and yours is a very specifically authored book in that your voice is you know we talked about intersectionality with um, mm. gender and race, so mm-hmm. you're a black woman, you're not yeah. just a black person, you're a black woman, right, and you're a black female Christian. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like when you think about your book, if you were to visualize your book on this stack of books with Cone and Kendi and Coates and all the caves, K- K- yeah. <laughs> um, and these other and these other books, um, where do you think yours fits into that? Yeah, I it, it's it's by design. Like, um, you know, a lot of my work in the church was like people needed a um, 
a step stool mm-hmm. into the conversation because I felt like we were trying to have get people to understand these complex, big type things like outcomes to understand how this ties to this and this ties to this and to see systemic racism when most people don't even understand racism. Mm -hmm. They don't even understand race. They don't, you know, Mm -hmm. and you see this happening when people are like some of the statements that are happening, you know, like nationally, you're like, Oh my God, they don't even understand what they're saying. (laughs) You know, like, and, and so we wanted to, I wanted to keep create a step stool, you know, where, if you're going to understand LMNOP, mm-hmm. you have to understand ABCD. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to create an organization that explains ABCD. But this is not an organization to help to convince people that systemic racism exists. Like for Be the Bridge, you have to already show up understanding that um, racism exists. You know, um, you may not understand how to recognize it but you see that there's brokenness and you see that um, our society has been fractured and you're like I don't understand it but I want to be a part of the solution you know I'm showing up with some humility saying like I I want to do something and I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to um to put my heart into this I'm showing up with compassion and grace and um, that's what who be the bridge is for mm-hmm. so people who are just convinced that you know history isn't important it's not valid um, there's no systemic injustice everything's fine they're not going to be a good fit for be the bridge right. that's yeah. somebody else's organization somebody else can create that but I'm, I can't be that to people but we can give people a starting point you know, um, to help lead them to some of the deeper conversations to have, you know, with my girl, Lisa Sharon Harper, sure, or, yeah. you know, Jamar Tisby and some, you know, and a, a, a Ibram Kendi and um, a Coates and all the other ones that, that are out there. Um, but we wanted, that's by design to, to say that. So that you're saying that this is one of the ones we recommend to give people an understanding. That's exactly what I, we want to do is, you know. Did you, so um, James Cohn is a great example. I uh-huh. love James Cohn's work. Yeah. I'm devouring it um, this past summer. Um, but I've noticed, and even like, to, um, I should have mentioned Color Compromise, but even oh, yeah. Jamar's stuff, like there's a level of, and I don't know if it's male. So again, we're yeah. talking about intersectionality, intersectionality. I don't know if it's a male thing or, or what, but there's a level of aggression that I'm actually yeah. s- sort of drawn to right, as somebody right. who likes right. aggression. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> there's a level of aggression there that I think can be a turnoff for yeah. for that stepping stone. Yeah. Like, yeah. But at the same time, especially for me as like a white male, I'm not in a place where I need to mitigate somebody, right. an oppressed person's anger. Right, right. right. It's, it's exactly. due them. Right. When you were writing this book and as you continue to create material, how do you think about um, being honest about your feelings and maybe feeling some anger or some frustration mm-hmm but also mitigating it in a way that isn't like, I gotta, I gotta be sweet. So the white, you know, so like, white <laughs> right, folks right. Listen. That's not what I said. her to be honest, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, be the bridge is the essence of who I am as Latasha Morrison. Mm-hmm. My family can tell you this from the time I was a child, like, this is who I am. These are, ha- this is how I have conversations. Now, of course, family can bring out the worst in you sometimes, <laughs> but I've always been that mediator wanting people to get along. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, am I perfect? Heck 
No. <laughs> you know, and do I get angry? Yes. Uh, but I have to give myself, I'm very optimistic as a person and I have to give myself um, time to process. Um, and like, you know, I'm trying to process some things now and, you know, and I keep going back to, um, you know, on Christ the solid rock I stand, you know, all other ground is sinking sand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I have to remind myself of that so that I'm a leader. And so you, the people that you lead, your team, they're going to feed off of your your energy, your, you know, what, like if you, if you're like all doom and gloom, mm-hmm. if I'm cynical, I'm that's what I'm going to have around me. Yeah. And so I have a lot of cynical people around mm-hmm. me. So I have to be op- optimistic, but I do need also realists around me. I am a nine on the Enneagram. If okay. you know, oh, yeah. I, yeah. We're, very, and, we're and, all in. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, but, um, I'm a eight wing, very strong, you know? Um, and so it makes sense. Like my temperament mm-hmm. is, is, that of be the bridge i don't i don't have to try to be this like i don't have to turn it down my friends say you know when you talk because i say truth and i say real things and i feel like i can say it but i say it sometimes with a smile and so people are like she just says something really hard and you'll see today like sure but she's smiling, so I don't know if I should be mad at her or <laughs> if I'm angry. They they tell me I do kind of like a, a punch and a hug, a punch and a hug. And it's like, but I, I feel like it's just the way God has created me, and it's hard to explain. I don't try to, to, to be in the middle. I don't try to, to soften things, you know. Um, it's just who I am. Just, you know, I just, I just, I feel like I was just made for this, yeah. in a, you know, in, in that sense. Now, do I want to scream? Yeah. And then, if, you know, sometimes, sometimes it comes out like, I mean, I think I was, <laughs> I was online and, um, you know, like someone says something crazy. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> why are you on my thread? Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Mm. Right. Block blocked and blessed you know (laughs) you know and so you know i'm not gonna you know so that i'm not gonna try to i can't change hearts Mm. i can't i keep this work with open hands and so that gives me sanity because this is god's work this is god's organization and when i get frustrated i'm like "Ooh, jesus your children messed up again i'm like Oh Lord, like I can't deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, it's I can and having that perspective help keeps me sane and helps sustain me in this work. Cause if not, you would give up and quit. Mm, you yeah. know. Your book does a really good job of kind of um bringing people in, you know, oh, kind of okay. seeing like, hey, you're probably I don't even know if you wrote it this way, but this is how it felt like yeah you're probably thinking this. I'm going to yeah. preemptively answer that before yeah. you can actually fully think it. Yeah. It reminds me of you know, the movie Nine Mile. Yeah. Oh, you know, at the end with, yeah. when Eminem mm-hmm. like says all the things at uh-huh. the end, at least now I was like, let's Eminem them on this. You know, but like, it's like, <laughs> that's what it feels like that uh-huh. you're like, which is like in, when you do it in a kind way, you you are, you're bringing people along with you in the midst of yeah, it, which is yeah. tough to do. But I think your book does accomplish that, which is really and good. And telling stories because people, yeah. I know I'm drawn to storytelling. Sure. You know, I love a lot of the intellectual stuff, but I like to tell stories where people can relate. And I wanted people to also relate to me and my story. And then if we can relate relationally, um, then maybe we can relate 
you know, racially in in this. And so that was the goal. Sometimes you have to humanize things and, um, and you know, it, it does that for you. Like I'm, I was, you know, I'm gonna give you just random left field example. (laughs) I've never like like I'm just gonna give you this random left field Go example. I've We're never even gave this as a sample, <laughs> but I like I watch a lot of Animal Planet, and you know I love like like Shark Week yeah. and watching elephants and tigers, and so I um, watched this show called um, um, Pitbulls, Parolees and Pitbulls. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love that set. I love that show, and it's like about second chances, but you know, it humanizes the pit bull for you, hmm. you know, where something you've grown to the narrative fear and the stories that you hear, but you, there's just as many chows or, you know, or German shepherds that bite people too, you know, and it's, and, and so watching that, and my brother has two American bullies that we love Gucci and Susie, you know, <laughs> and, um, but, you know, being around them, you know, how it's changed me. And then when you watch this show and how they love these dogs and then these parolees that are, it, it humanizes it. Mm-hmm. And it tells this story. And you don't even realize, like, how your heart is being changed in the midst of this and how yeah. compassion is able to enter in and, you know, all these things. And, I, I want people to experience that, mm-hmm. you know, and in the experience, like, you know, we can't counsel everybody. So even sometimes like I want to counsel people and turn my back, mm-hmm. you know, I may say, well, you know, this is not, I can't change their heart, but if that person shows up with some humility and some compassion, would they have a second chance? Yes, definitely. Sure. And, and so as much in this justice work that I do, as much as I long for justice and when I'm talking about justice and righteousness to restore, to repair, to redeem, to reconcile, um, I have to long for redemption, mm. you know, and sometimes you just like, Ooh, get him, God, you know? And, but it's like, but but would it, would it be more impactful, you know, to see that person just get what's coming to them or would it see, would it be more impactful to see that person redeemed and restored and changed? And, you know, and that's what we should long for. And that to me is, that's the, the, that is Jesus heart. That is the message. That is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have to see, is our, is our heart aligning with the gospel yeah. or do we just want to take people down? You know, do we want to, you know, so that's why in this work, you'll never hear me like talk bad about people. We may have different ways of doing things, but I don't want to tear anyone down. You know, I see this happening cause I see like divide and conquer. You know, and sure. that's what the enemy wants to do. And so, um, you know, I, I, it's done to us and I don't want to do it to even people I totally disagree with and I think they're wrong. Like, I, I feel like you can have an opportunity to have a private qu- um, conversation, but I don't have to do that publicly, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, just to protect the unity, you know, in that sense. But I think there's just other ways of 
handling conflict. You know, it's not to say that you don't correct people, you don't call people out, you know, but I think there's a way you do it where you attack the situation and not the person, you know, so. That's really good. Well, I wish we could keep you all day because I have a million <laughs> other things I'd love to I talk know, to you about. I know, I know. They're never long enough, right? I know. I know. But um, thank you so much, um, Latasha Morrison, for being here with us. It's so good. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. Keep Continue to use your voice. Um, continue to push, push against the grain and um, lead your congregations and your people well and your communities well. So thank you. I appreciate the work that you guys are doing appreciate too. It. And since we know that we have people who like podcasts listening right now, um, you'd mentioned earlier that you were working on some sort of audio project. Is it oh a podcast yeah, or? we have a podcast now. We launched a podcast back in, um, I think it was March. We did some, like a lot of stuff that we had recorded over Facebook live. We put in the audio versions, but we officially launched our be the bridge podcast in June of our anniversary. All this stuff was planned before any of these things happened nationally. <laughs> I, I mean, we had just like implemented Salesforce back in February, February, mm-hmm. not knowing that all the things that yeah. were was going to happen that we were going to need this infrastructure in place and yeah. need these tools in place all the things that we've new resources that we've launched this year we just launched a a resource for transracial um adoptive um parents um we launched a resource for um for youth mm-hmm. um we um we're about to release another module for that we launched a resource for people of color um, to to really um, focus on solidarity and what that can look like, you know. So, and then we launched our podcast, and so you can find it where all podcasts are found. Um, Be the bridge. Awesome. awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah. thanks again for joining us, and thanks to all of you for listening in. If you have any questions, quips, comments, or quotes, you can send them to Stay Curious at hillcityrva.com. Remember to rate and review us and share this episode so that more folks can get in on the conversation. And until next time, remember, stay curious.